Welcome to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Until you wake up from the American dream, financial uncertainty will be your American reality. Join Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto and their guest as they explore how you can attain financial liberty by uncovering truths that have been kept secret for decades. Have you ever played a game and didn't know the rules? How can you ever win? Learn the rules to the game and in turn, learn how to win. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Financial Liberty Project with Sam Legaspi and Ko Sukamoto. Today, we are talking about real world thoughts and questions. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, Good morning. morning. Doing great. All right. Well, this is a broad, broad topic. Real world thoughts and questions. I'm just going to let you guys take over. Um, what are your thoughts? You got any questions? Well, yeah, I think this could be potentially a series of podcasts because we're always going to have real world thoughts and questions that come through. And this is just from our rodeo shows that we go out and not literally rodeo shows. We're riding a horse and Coz has got the cowboy hat and going. That's fantastic. You know? <laughs> yeah, but this real, real shows that we're out there and we're talking to real people out there. And and these real individuals have real questions and real thoughts. And so uh, one, one question, one thought, and it comes up from time to time, you know, sometimes we, we come across individuals that make this one particular statement that we encountered, you know, a few weeks back. And that was this individual stating, and there was nothing wrong with it, but just stating that they're considering on making a change with regards to their relationship that they currently had, um, who, who worked with a, a retirement person, I guess, um, because they weren't experiencing the gains that they felt that they should experience. Now, a lot of times what transpires is that I think, you know, talking to a lot of individuals, that's an opportunity for them to go ahead and showcase their skills and their sales ability. And, um, but, you know, for us, because we're a little bit different in that we look to try to diagnose the issue and see if there is any issues in that if, in fact, the amount of money this guy's making or losing warrants what he's trying to accomplish and how that portfolio is set up. So right, right. Um, it, it was it was a good conversation that we had, and I think it's it's a good opportunity for us to go ahead and discuss that. On yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very great topic. Um, you know, it comes up time to time, and you know, I there's a lot of analogies in life, and you know, I kind of boil it down to when, when you do something, whether it has anything to do with uh, finance or you know, in my world, a lot of it's the sports world, right? Because uh, my daughter is a big golfer, um, but it's really just a, a you know signing up with the philosophy, investing and believing in a philosophy. You know, we've. I'm a big, uh, you know, I was a big Lakers fan uh, back in the the heydays of the Celtics and the Lakers, you know, in the in the '80s. And uh, you know, it was Pat Riley versus um, wasn't it Casey Jones? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, but Casey Jones with the Celtics. Yeah, and I think it was just you know two um, incredibly awesome teams, but with different philosophies. And you know, I would imagine as a coach, you know, you're tempted to um, you know maybe look over the other side and see how they're doing things. I'm sure they do that all the time, but in the end, you're still you know, committed to a philosophy and that's how you, how you form your team, how you run it, you know, what are the strategies and, and you stay with that. And sometimes it doesn't work, but in the end, the Lakers, you know, won a series of championships and so did the Celtics. And so, you know, with Caitlin being in the golf world, you know, we just had a, an experience over the weekend. She had a two day golf tournament and, um, unbelievably, there's so many distractions that came around her that wanted to tempt her to go do the wrong thing. Um, you know, after day one, it was, let's go swimming. Let's get all the girls together and go swimming. And wisely, Caitlin recognized that as a distraction. And she changed her mind and said, dad, I'm not going to go swim with the girls. I have a tournament tomorrow. I'm still thinking about my next shot. I, I've got to go into my routine and I need to stay with my philosophy. And I was very proud of her, but that's, 
you know, very much akin to uh, anything you do in life. And I think with with money, you know, as as people choose an advisor to work with, really they're they're investing in the relationship, they're dating, or maybe they're married. Um, but it's relationship and it's a philosophy. And so along that whole experience, there's going to be things that are going to distract people and and cause them to possibly, um, you know, think about doing some things that are not in alignment with the philosophy that they're a part of. You know, I mean, I, I look at what what, what, um, what you mentioned about um, kind of off topic about um, swimming and youth sports is that it seems to be really popular, but even then it just seems to be the death knell. It's a kiss of death. Swimming right before a game or or a tournament is no bueno. I mean, it takes a lot out of you. I don't know what it is. And so, you know, when we look at it, we look at it um, and, and these statements do come up at, on these rodeo shows that we do, these dog and pony shows that we do or these workshops, whatever you want to call it. But when these questions come up, this one particular one, a lot of times we go into diagnosis mode. And just very similar to how you bring a car in and you sense that there's an issue with it. And sometimes a car actually does have an issue and you, you know what it is and, and you bring it in, they still have to diagnose the issue. And so you have an individual that's very unhappy or it's, it's at least, you know, stating that all is not well in their world when it comes to their money. And uh, the, the very first thing that you want to do is diagnose it. And unfortunately, we as individuals uh, not necessarily, and I'm talking about we as the general public, we're not necessarily equipped with the tools that allow us to go ahead and diagnose, do a self-diagnosis on our own money because we don't necessarily know what to look for and we weren't trained in it. So what ends up happening is that you have to utilize other tools and you have to employ the services of an individual that can actually utilize and know how to use that diagnostic tool to go ahead and figure out if whether or not your portfolio is optimized. And so a lot of times what we'll do, Coz, is we'll go into this uh, scenario and we'll ask a lot of questions. And and one of the questions we, we often ask is, you know, I mean, when it comes to not being happy, you're not making enough money. What do you mean? Should you be making what? And uh, a lot of times if an individual says, well, I should be making 20 or 25 percent, that automatically just throws up a red flag. At the other time, you know. Oh, yeah. Right. Very red flag. Right, right, right. We're like, <laughs> okay. In many cases, what we're doing, you know, we're kind of like self-assessing in our head, right? Because that not only is it a red flag, but maybe this individual's, his his his, uh, his demands or his expectations are probably way too high. And possibly individuals that may want to work with him in the future may have a difficult time with this particular individual. So it's a function of whether or not this person, just like in sports, is he coachable? Is he, is he uh, um, uh, allowing himself to learn? And so uh, the other question, or, or based on that same question, if they say, well, I'm only making 1%, we know for a fact that the market is doing very well currently, and we're going 1% in a pretty decent em- environment, you need a diagnosis. It's kind of like saying, hey, you have a Corvette, right? right. Yeah. And the maximum speed on your Corvette's only 60 miles an hour. It runs perfectly, but maximum speed's over 60. You can't go over 61. So you have to diagnose and, and try to figure out what the issues are. And a lot of times the, the, the issues, what we encounter, right, Coz, is that a lot of times we actually find they're everywhere uh, as far as their risk versus their reward parameters. How much money are they, are they receiving for the amount of risk that they're taking? Sometimes they're taking way too much risk and sometimes they're not taking enough risk. And uh, in, in these scenarios, these are good for individuals to understand. I think we talked about it on a show, is that there are metrics that are involved and that are available to the public that they've just got to be educated on. And these metrics, once you understand what the metrics are, um, and when I talk about the metrics, I'm talking about standard deviation, R squared, sharp ratio, as well as alpha. 
And we're talking about these, these metrics. Once you understand the metrics or find an individual that knows how to use the metrics and apply them to your scenario, you'll be better equipped to ask that question if whether or not, or answer that question yourself, if whether or not you're, you should be doing better or you're doing far superior to your, to your uh, colleagues or, or just to the general market. Right. Right. And, and, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the water cooler uh, analogy many a times. And, uh, you know, it, it comes to mind again because the natural tendency for the average person is to go to the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler, and talk about, you know, their returns. And they want to hear, okay, um, you know, Joe, you're my buddy. You know, how'd you do um, in the market, you know, last month? And um, it's, it's just exclusively focused on returns and very little on, the things that are very, very important these days, uh, which is what you said, Sam, it's the metrics, it's, you know, it's the risk analysis factors, right? And so, you know, unbeknownst to a lot of these unsuspecting people who are standing around the water cooler, you know, the market was a tough market last year. It was down and, um, and some people were down a little bit, some people were down a lot. And yet the expectations around the water cooler still that, you know, they should still be getting like an eight, nine, you know, or 10% rate of return. And when they don't get it, then uh, they start talking about how they're not happy with, um, you know, whoever it is that they're currently working with, not realizing that as a whole, the market was down as an average, let's say seven and a half percent last year. And they're, you know, maybe they're down one percent or they're up one percent, not realizing that they've actually done pretty well. But they have no tools or the the mindset and the philosophy to uh, to understand that that's, you know, that's that they may have done pretty well. And so um, that seems to be coming up. A little bit more frequently these days, uh, you know, people are talking about, um, you know, a, a possible need to make some kind of a change when they're, you know, potentially perfectly fine where they're at, just not realizing it. Right, not realizing it. And that's because, again, you know, it goes back to what we talk about on a regular basis, because is that uh, there's a fundamental flaw with the educational system as far as finance is concerned in this in this society. And so uh, it's it's really simple to address. Um, you go to any qualified mechanic, they can run a diagnosis on your car. You can uh, go anywhere and you can get software on your computer and that software you can buy for whatever you know, amount of money it is and it'll diagnose the problem. And uh, you can call a tech guy and you know, they can walk you through it. And before you know it, your problem's fixed. It may take about two, three, four, five hours. But, you know, I mean, in many cases it could take about 15 minutes, but there is a value um, in, in understanding and, and making sure that your, your, uh, your situation is diagnosed constantly. And that's how kind of we are, right? I mean, if we kind of feel as human beings, we kind of feel a little weak and a little fatigued, you know, we, we get the thermometer out and we kind of take a look at, you know, where we're at. And if we're, you know, just, you know, popping right at 99 or a hundred on the thermometer, we're going, Oh man, I have a slight fever. No wonder. And so these are some of the scenarios that we could encounter. And, you know, the funny thing goes is that, you know, we'll, we'll encounter people say, you know, I'm not doing so hot and I think I need to switch. And we find out, you know, through a series of other questions is that they've got about $5 million total. So their liquid worth is $5 million. They have no debt. Their house is paid off, but they got 5 million bucks. And in the back of our heads and back of my head, at least I'm saying, why do you care? I mean, you won the game, man. You got 5 million bucks. I mean, yeah, you want a decent return, but Hey, you got to take a look at your risk. And because the fact is, is that you got to now you're at this point now where you just got to protect your money. You got 5 million bucks. And if you're not necessarily participating in all the hoop on the dramas and the market's up 15% and you're up five or six or 7% and you're really angry. The fact is, is that dude, you won the game. 
you know, you got to go ahead and just chill. Right. So that, that's an interesting. So guy, you know, guy with, um, uh, you know, a ton of money, let's just say 5 million as, as in your example, Sam. Um, so this person's basically, you know, more than just won the game. He's, you know, he's, he's set, he's happy. Um, he's retired. He's young. He's, you know, all, he's got time. And the good thing is he's got time. The bad thing is he's got time. <laughs> the, all that time is a good and bad thing. And so what he does is now he's exposed himself to the temptations that are going to inevitably come along and, and and tempt him to do things that may not be uh, the right thing or the best thing. And so, uh, you know, I, it, it, I recall, a, you know, this was years ago, but, um, you know, an individual that we knew, Sam, um, was um, approached, evidently approached by um, – another company that, uh, I don't know if she knew this at the time, but, um, it was a company that specialized in, um, insurance products and took a look at her situation and, uh, tempted her to uh, make a change. And, um, in the end, it was basically not just an insurance company, but it was a business that, um, you know, their business model was, uh, it was a networking company also kind of known as the, um, the multi-level marketing world. So she basically, uh, changed her philosophy that she wanted to go into an insurance product because she also wanted to become, uh, you know, a business person with no prior experience at all. And, um, you know, uh, you know, bless her, and and she made a change, but um, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, hopefully it worked out for her. But it was a complete change in philosophy, and I'm not saying it was good or bad. And you know, we have our opinions. I'm not going <laughs> to go and throw it out. Maybe you want to, but it just reminded me so much of the person that has a lot of time um, is you know is experiencing a good thing, but it's also a potentially bad thing. And life is just always full of all these distractions. I mean, in her case, that was a distraction because she had a certain philosophy and a certain approach, and she completely abandoned it for something that was, you know, just, you know, completely new to her and in the hopes that she was going to do a lot better. And again, it reminds me of, you know, the thing that we said in the beginning, you, you know, again, the golf tournament. My daughter was just constantly being tempted by by distractions to do the wrong thing. I mean, multiple times leading into, um, you know, each morning of the tournament. And um, she had to fight them all off just to stay focused and, and stay on the true path that she knew would, you know, uh, maximize her chance of having a good, great tournament. You know, whether it's, 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 it's things that have to do with um, understanding metrics, doing diagnosis, or just completely different things than that. There's, there's a number of different things that will come along and, uh, and tempt the person to go look at things that um, are going to throw them off track. I remember you saying, um, what would you say it was like uh, stupid lurks everywhere or something like that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere you open the door and there's, there's always a, a temptation. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, like just, just not long ago, I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's going to be um, out looking or, you know, some, some things that he was just going to check out, check out the price on. I forgot what it was. And you, you and I know that man is that if you're looking for something, <laughs> just checking in on the price, I just want to check out, you're really shopping and you're going to walk away with something. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. So you got to avoid oh, yeah. those temptations of looking, right, you, know? right. you either have to buy it, you know, go out there and you buy it or you, you don't. And, but to, to, you know, to your example with Caitlin playing golf, and this is a great analogy is that. And for all you listeners out there who do play golf, or even in individuals that don't play golf, if you if you're going out there and you're playing golf and you're you find your ball underneath the tree, and you've never ever practiced a low ball shot, never practiced it, you just practice all the other shots. 
So here you got to go ahead and make this ball go really low, maybe no higher than three feet because that tree is going to catch and your ball is going to get caught up in the tree and bounce somewhere, you know, that you don't necessarily want it to bounce. So here you are, you, you've got this, uh, you've got this ball and, and now you got to hit a low shot and you're tempted to, you know, let me go ahead and see if I can pull this off. Now, having never practiced it, you might be in a situation where, um, you might find yourself, you know, not, not very happy. And, and in many cases, kind of like that person that you're, you were speaking about, um, an individual that had a very good plan that was going the right way, that was, um, you know, as all set for her, just, you know, just decided to go ahead and, and try something brand new that didn't necessarily fit her. <laughs> and it went awry. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. No, there's a, there's a, there's an expression, um, that Caitlin recently learned in a, in a very difficult manner. One of her coaches kind of got on her case uh, after a tournament and said, this is a rule you must remember, Caitlin, never take a shot. You've never practiced. Remember that. Don't ever take a shot during a tournament. You've never practiced. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Hey, and it's, it's actually pretty interesting because not only, I mean, that's the reason why golf is so, so much like life, you know, you just gotta, you gotta, you know, you just gotta go with it. And, uh, but, you know, going back to that example, going back to that example, Coz, is that, you know, it's, it's very similar to a person who, who has mustered up a tremendous amount of money in their retirement plan at work and they quit because they feel they're better at uh, building motorcycles. And yeah, they may be really good at building motorcycles, but they, as a hobby, but they constantly forget that there is customer service, that there is a business model, there's a plan, there's rent, there's, uh, there's payroll accounting yeah there's legal right oh, so yeah. and then there's the, there's the, there's there's the trash cans that have to be emptied yeah there's the janitor part there's fees to everything and before you know it your profit margin is only like five percent if you're doing something a business where your profit margins are only five percent you're doing a tremendous amount of the work and labor for it it's it you know i mean earning five cents on the dollar is gonna be really tough right so yeah again you can make an excellent vehicle an excellent motorcycle but you know it's it's something and by the way uh, multi-level marketing i mean we're not going to clown on it uh, but i mean the fact of the matter is a lot of business out there has they've grown into multi-billion dollar enterprises because of multi-level marketing network marketing is just another service another another venue another way uh, but in this person's case they got caught into the wake of the network marketing thing the the uh the rah-rah the hey your your life could be much better if you did this which for many people can be if they actually apply the principles and they had that certain characteristic of go-getting but once you've won the game once, and that's a whole key, Coz, is that we recognize when people win the game, they still want to keep playing because they didn't win the game. That's true. I mean, here's another example. So over the weekend, I got a call from someone I know, a buddy of mine, and, um, and <laughs> he was the one that I've said on air many a times that he gave me he gave me permission to be able to tell people that his plan for retirement, this was his retirement plan. It was it started with the word D and it was spelled D-E-A-T-H. In other words, he didn't have anything saved. He didn't have anything planned. And, um, you know, he's in his 50s. And basically, he knew that he, he was, there was no chance he could retire. And so death was going to be his retirement plan. He would laugh about it. But he, and he said, you can talk about this on the air. Just don't mention my name, right? So anyway, but then he got a windfall from um, like a family investment. It got an inheritance. Just came out of the blue. And, um, you know, he finally says, okay, I got lucky. So now I have a retirement and, um, and so he's basically got it almost made. He's got, he's got to save a little bit more, but he's almost there. So his life turned around literally in one night. 
But then I got a phone call over the weekend where he said, you know what? I just don't want to do the work that I've been doing all my life. You know, he's a, he's a great um, a computer tech, you know, a computer uh, software programmer, very good at what he does, you know, made good money. And he just doesn't want to do it anymore. He wants to start flipping properties. And, I, and he asked me, hey, so how do you do that? And, you know, what do you know about it? And basically, I had to politely tell him, look, don't, don't take a shot you haven't practiced, especially now because, you know, the real estate market was a good time to be in 10 years ago. But today, you've really got to, you know, you got to have experience and expertise and you better have made all your mistakes 10 years ago and don't make them now. And I don't know if I discouraged him, but you know, it's just, it's just one of those things where you're, you, you were good. You're good at what you used, you did for 30 years. Keep doing it. Cause you know how to make money doing it. So why would you go off and do something that's completely foreign that you're going to undoubtedly make a bunch of mistakes in, and take all this risk to try to do something different at this stage in your life? But to me, that's like a major distraction from your from your original philosophy, from your original game plan. You know, if you're the Lakers, if you're Pat Riley back in the 80s, stick with the game plan like he did and win championships. It may take a few years to get there, but he did it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, going back to that, it's 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 like it's very similar, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, it's very similar to being a uh, an engineer. And then uh, quitting your job and saying, I'm going to go ahead and open up an ice cream parlor because ice cream parlors are the in thing right now. It's like, oh, okay, great. So you you obviously come from an ice cream background or else you wouldn't be doing that. And the answer is like, no, never have. And it's like, okay, so you're right. going to quit a high paying job, something that you've gained traction in and a lot of street, you got a lot of street cred in your business and you've been doing it for 30 years. And now you're going to start something that you have no experience in. It's like, I'm just going to go take a seminar and figure it out. And so, you know, for some people, they can really hit it out of the park. They have that savvy. They got that 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 business acumen, and uh, they 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 can figure out, you know, a lot of a lot of the the accounting involved, and they can figure out um, um, the capital. They get, and they also give themselves a time limit as to when they're just really going to pull the plug. And they're really good at budgeting, you know, and they can see they 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 do all the right things like forecast. Um, what they, what, what their earnings and their revenues and their sales and, you know, their expenses are going to be over the next three years. And oh, by the way, that sounds like retirement planning, you know? So, yeah. if, you know, there's individuals out there that if you can do if it, basically what you can do, if you're a successful business, you can apply those principles to planning for the largest and longest vacation of your life by just simply, uh, taking the same metrics and same forecasts that uh, that that you were able to do to create a successful business, apply them to retirement, and that's what you got. Um, of course, it takes a lot more than that. And of course, because for every one of those stories, we probably have a story that said, "Well, I didn't do any of those, and now I'm worth you know a hundred million dollars just by accident." You know, and sometimes that happens by accident. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing. <laughs> right? No, it's um, you know, again, I think it's it's about the philosophy. So, you know, in the retirement planning and uh, you know the, the the finance world, I really think you know some areas that come to mind that you have to have a philosophy that you want to stick with is you know your tax planning philosophy, um, your your income distribution philosophy. You know basically how much money you're going to take out. You've got to have your spending philosophy locked down. You know you've got to have a budget and you got to know what your spending is. So you know, it's just like a business. You got to track your expenditures and you got to know what your budget is and you stick with it, especially when you're retired, you don't have that active income, you're basically retiring off, you know, your nest egg, social security and whatever else that you have. But there's, there's a tremendous amount of discipline 
and following the plan and, and staying with the philosophy that you must do. Just you know, just like all the analogies that we've already talked about during this this podcast, you've got to have that philosophy in place. You have to understand it and you got to believe in it because temptation will come along and entice you to do some things that go contrary to your original game plan. I don't know if we're, <laughs> if we're beating the subject uh, like a dead horse, but it's really important. You know, I mean, people get thrown off track so much and so easily. Well, I think for the, a lot of the listeners that um, that are constantly, you know, tuning in, they've heard some of these things on our on our you know on our rodeo show and our our uh, road show, I should say. It's also good to um, to continue to keep hearing it. Uh, repetitions, the mother of all learning. But this is something that we want to definitely address is that there are individuals, many out there, and it comes in different forms and different shapes and sizes. And they all basically are saying that, you know, I'm not necessarily happy with how things were going this year or last year or whatever. And and it requires a diagnostic. And if you don't have that diagnostic tool, you can go ahead and find someone that has that diagnostic tool. But you got to find someone that knows how to utilize it. You know, and that's the key is is that it's a tool that it can be utilized. Uh, they can also run what's, what we called on on previous shows, a, a stress test on the portfolio. These are things that you definitely want to u- utilize. You want to utilize new technology to try to find out if you're in a healthy situation financially. Right. So if you have a, a sorry, Sam, just just to jump in so people know, you know, one resource that they can tap into is us. And we do have an 800 number that you can dial if you'd like to see if, um, you know, you can have your your portfolio um, diagnosed. And our number is 800-640-8105. We have all the tools. The metrics are there. You know, if you want a free analysis, uh, that's available. Again, that number is 800-640-8105. Hey, I want to jump in here real quick, guys. Uh, you brought up some really, really good points. And a couple of things that I gleaned off of this podcast so far are, um, you know, with your with your golf example, with your daughter, Coz, you know, the distractions that you're talking about are not always going to be nefarious. They're not always going to be the snake oil salesman, right? I mean, it's, it's nice to be able to spot those types of distractions, but oh yeah, they can be distractions as innocent as going swimming right? A bunch of, a bunch of kids want to go swimming and it's a great time and so on and so forth. However, just like Sam said, every coach that I've ever had, and I was a coach for my son's baseball team, we told them on, on game days, don't go swimming. It takes a ton out of you. It is, it is working every muscle in your body just to float and, and, and relax. And we know kids aren't going to just float and sit there like adults like to, (laughs) they're going to swim around and and get exhausted. Right. So it, it doesn't come in the form of a snake oil salesman. Now, now I did meet one this weekend at Costco. Um, they they happened to have some gentlemen there that were from a financial services firm in my area. It was a father and son team, and the son you couldn't get more snake oil salesman. I mean, he was slicked back, and he was once he figured out I was not a potential target, he turned his attention away from me faster than I've ever faster than the girls I wanted to date in high school. <laughs> They were, I mean, he was gone. He was like to the next person. Oh, so how are you today? That a slick Rick was just all about the sale. And I was like, man, he is slimy. <laughs> and uh, I didn't tell that to his face, but it, it, you don't always recognize it right off the bat. It can be something innocent that distracts you. So I think this was a great podcast, great information. And people just need to be aware yeah. um, that people might have really good intentions for him, right? It, it might be something that's just really, really a good friend of theirs gives, you know, tells them about an opportunity that's working out great for them, but would be a huge distraction to the individual. And they just get caught up in that emotional moment or that, that thought process of, oh man, this could really change my life for the better. But going into it blind, not knowing anything is just not the way to do it. Right. Don't take that shot. Well, it, it's interesting because, um, and to, to finish it off is that there's this, 
live scenario where, you know, there was an engineer who quit her business because she did make pies for a living and not for a living as a hobby. And she was phenomenal making pies and everyone in the family, they were all wondering why in the world are you not opening up a business that where you'd make pies? And so you're right. Uh, it's not all malicious. You know, there's individuals that out of love, you know, and, and their, their belief that they can really make it, uh, that they, they encourage the individual and the individual, they hear it so much that they eliminate or, or not necessarily tune into their own instincts and they take their, their small fortune in their retirement to go ahead and follow that dream because they've been pumped up. It's almost like a boxer, right? You get a boxer and you have all these individuals going, Hey, yeah, man, you the man, you the man. Mm -hmm. So you, you're so pretty, dude. I mean, you're, you're too pretty. You're, you're so pretty. You're, you're so fast. You you hit hard. I mean, I mean, before you know it, that, that mind starts to grow a little bit and you got, you know what? You're right. You're right. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're out there, you're really, you're really rocking and rolling before you found out, find out you've been knocked out in the first round, you know, and, and that's what happens a lot of times is that individuals that are very close to you see and say, you are just phenomenal at making this and you've got to do it yourself as a living. But unfortunately, there's not really an individual there that has any experience in the business side of things, mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. And I think that in the cases where they do succeed, like in the example where a person leaves um, like the engineering engineering world to go make pies, I mean, there are people that make that, that transition. They do very well. I think that when they make that transition, they've taken a certain philosophy and a way of thinking about life and business with them. You know, they're, they're already somewhat mature to be able to successfully make that very risky transition. And so, you know, I still stick with the notion that whatever you do, you've got to have a game plan. You've got to have a strategy and you have to have the discipline to stick with the game plan or philosophy, whatever you want to call it. Because it reminds me again, back to the, the golf tournament. So on the second day, Caitlin is in the lead group. She's in the top four and she's battling out with the top three players. I mean, and their, their names are very well known. They're like celebrities within that league. And Caitlin was actually leading for about nine holes. Hmm. But what was interesting was even though the other girls weren't golfing as well as Caitlin, they stuck to their game plan. They didn't change anything. They, they continued being aggressive when they knew they could be, and they started gaining ground. And by the time they finished the tournament, they, they pulled ahead. They all, all three pulled ahead of Caitlin. Caitlin was like four strokes back, which was a lot by then, you know, she kind of like faltered, but it was interesting to see how these girls did not panic. Mm -hmm. They were they were behind. They were they were they weren't golfing well, but they stuck with it. And eventually, the three of them took first, second, and third, and they were only like one stroke apart. Wow! I mean, it was that close. So you know, it was just an interesting observation. And I think that um, when it comes to finance, uh, it's it's really not much different whether you you stay with with what you got or you make a transition, but you're still taking something with you that keeps you on that track. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, no, that's a good point. And, and I know we're running low on time. I, Sam, do you have any closing thoughts for us today before I wrap this up? I actually do. So, you know, it's really interesting that, you know, this is more of a technical side. And another question I'm hearing from individuals that the old mantra, and we come across it from time to time this time of year, the good old do we sell in May and go away type syndrome. And I wanted to kind of, you know, just touch upon that real quick. And, and what that basically means is that uh, do I just liquidate everything that I currently hold in my portfolio and just kind of wait and see how things are, are going? Because if you look at it, the market's done very well for the year. So if you did sell in May 
and you just went away for the rest of the year, you'd have a nice return, a nice double digit return. I mean, do you really want to try to go and take that risk and try to get a 25 and 30% rate of return? Does it really make sense? You got, you know, if you did some things right, you might have a double digit return sitting there, depending on what, you know, what type of risk setup you got. Mm. But here are the key things. Here are the key things I want to talk, really quickly mention is that back in May, May 1st, we were at the highest on the S&P and that's 2954. And typically, based on May, sell in May and go away, uh, typically that happens right around historically, and that's from the stock almanac. The sell in May uh, and go away syndrome happens within 2% of the high of a market. And so we're currently at 4% of the high. So we're, we're not in that 2% range. The other part that I look at that's really interesting is that investor sentiment right now reports that 75.3% of investors out there are either bearish or neutral on the market. So 75.3. So that means there's 24.7% that are bullish. And, you know, we've always said that the market never gives you what you expect. So a lot of people are either bearish or neutral right now. 75%, that's a lot. So the sentiment is, is, is pretty negative. And uh, so oftentimes when the market has a negative sentiment, the market decides to pull a trick on you and go the opposite way. So that's how the market operates. It never gives you what you want. So there could be a way where, you know, possibly if you do sell in May and go away, you might miss another ride. So this is kind of like the the mystery and the magic of investing um, short term. But long term, you could care less. You know, you just got to make sure that you make the appropriate moves, appropriate allocations. And, you know, like what we like to say is wear the proper sweater and the proper weather conditions. So that's really it. Mm -hmm. All right. Good advice. And I want to close this podcast kind of how you open it. It was so weird. It's It's such a... Strange coincidence that you were talking about the Corvette uh, and having it diagnosed because I took my 2018 Corvette ZR1 into the mechanic just this last week um, because I had some issues and and I, I explained to him, look, every time I get above 85, the engine's really whiny and there's some shaking going on. And so he did a complete diagnosis and he came back and he figured it out. He says, well, it's because it's a 1999 Honda. <laughs> that's it. That's that's what it was. I had no idea. It was dressed up as a ZR1. Now, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it really busted my bubble, but it made me understand why at 85 it was shaking and, and uh, the engine sounded whining because it's a four cylinder. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew, right? Hey guys, thank you so much for your time today. This is a great podcast. You're welcome, my man. You're welcome. Our, our pleasure as always. All right. And thank you all for listening to the Financial Liberty Project podcast with Samuel Gasby and Ko Sukumoto. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Sam and Ko's come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at the Financial Liberty Project, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. It's that time again where the call of the open road makes its way. We hope good fortune finds you on your own personal road. And until next time, we thank you for listening to the Financial Liberty Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.